Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm your hostess, Evangelist Wanda Clay, here with God's Sacred Word Bible Study, sharing chapters 12 through 13 and closing the book of 1 Corinthians. And since Paul wrote such long, lengthy letters, giving directions for the church to regrow through the gospel, I will give you the basics of each chapter. And as we, and as always, we thank God for His guidance in His Word, and we just pray that God fix all that that is wrong around the world. I also want to thank uh, Minister Joel Lewis and Grannies for having me. And don't forget to check God's Sacred Word out on Facebook. <clears throat> now to our lesson in 1 Corinthians 12th chapter. Have you ever been around people with body language that say, I'm important, I'm better than you? As we remember from my previous lesson, Paul had been informed from members of the Corinthians church that some had gone astray from the teaching. The church was divided, and they were drifting from the gospel and in very much need of a fixing. So here Paul is still writing to the Corinthians church. This church was rich in spiritual gifts and money, but there were many things scandally out of order in it. Evil, hatred, jealousy, envy, disrespect, and disrespecting God in his own house. I wouldn't say that that's a good match. And in verses 1 through 11, the apostle attempts to help them understand the purpose of their gifts according to the needs of the church. And Paul explains to them in his letter. The difference grace given by God is for the salvation of the individual who have it. But gifts given by God is for the salvation of others, which was one of the causes of the trouble that was in the Corinthians church, causing them to look down on other members in the church with attitudes of, my gift is bigger than yours, or I have more than you have. So he illustrates this by an allusion to the human body in which all the members have a mutual relation and each has a proper place in use. And in verses 31, here the apostle sums up the argument. Every Christian is a member of his body. And every other Christian stands related to him as a fellow member, which is in verse 27. It is like 
the members of the same body lacking all concern for one another. And from this, he teaches them that grace is therefore to be preferred before gifts. And Paul leaves us with only of pride comes contention. And we move on to chapter 13, where Paul recommends showing the necessity and improvement of love. That if I don't have love, I have nothing. If I give away everything I have and still don't have love, I have nothing which is written in verses 1 through 3. And Paul goes on to say that it is the charitable heart, not the tongue, that is acceptable with God. And the apostle specifies first this gift because of the Corinthian themes in verse 2. He talks about them having a benevolent and charitable heart. Because God sets values on a true, hearty devotion and love. The most wonder-working faith to which nothing is in a manner impossible is nothing without charity. Moving mountains is a great achievement in the account of man. But one given to charity is much more worth all that faith of this sort in the world. Saving faith is ever in conjunction with charity, but the faith of miracles may be without it. Our doing good to others will do nothing for us if we have and leave charity out of the religion. If we give away all we have, Without love, we have nothing. If we feel none of this sacred heat in our hearts, what would a prophet us saying that we believe in God and burn in ashes for the truth? Get connected with your heart to the Holy Spirit. Because if we love our neighbors, we should be so far from entering their welfare are being displeased with it, that we should rejoice at it. Those who have a principle of true brotherly love will in honor prefer one another, which is written in Romans 12 and 10, tender affection for the brethren through love. And then we move on to chapter 14. And in this chapter, the apostle directs them about the use of their spiritual gifts. And he advises that worship should be celebrated so that the most ignorant might understand and join in prayer and praise. And he informs them that tongues were assigned for unbelievers rather than those that believe. So he suggested Instead of, instead of speaking with tongues, those who minister, minister plainly interpret scripture or preach in a language intelligible and proper so that the great truths and rules of the gospel be as a heathen 
or an unlearned person coming in will probably be convinced to become a convert to Christianity. You will find the in uh, verses 24 through 25, still writing. Seems a little upset to me through his writing. It is a blessing to obtain charity and spiritual gifts. Spiritual truth taught would awaken the conscience and touch the heart where the Holy Spirit lives. Verses 34 through 35, here the apostle is on the women's case. Silence on these women in public assemblies to such a degree that they must not even ask questions for their own information of the church, but ask their husbands at home. Women sometimes did pray and prophecy in their assemblies, which the apostle in this passage does not simply condemn them, but he condemned the manner in the way they were doing such things. Among some of them was praying and prophesying with their heads uncovered, which in that age and time was throwing off the distinction of sexes and setting themselves on a level uh, with that of men. The women weren't permitted to speak in the church, no praying, prophesying, preaching, or interpreting scripture by inspiration, not even teaching. But Paul was still working with several women for the Lord. And some of these women had spiritual gifts in that age and time. So should they have these gifts? If it must never be publicly exercised? For this reason, some think that these general uh, prohibitions were only for understood in common cases. But in my opinion, Paul told these women of the church to sit down and be quiet. Right now, your place is at home until the church, much confusion, is solved in the church. Female ministers have always worked with the Lord and take care of our families back then and now. Our families play a huge role in what we do. Paul was simply putting the church back together. I feel it was a temporary statement as they had been working in the church before. Now, this is just my opinion. Now, back to Paul's opinion. And he tells them, male and female, that he rebukes the Corinthians for their extravagant pride and self-conceit, that they behaved in a manner all their own, that God is not to be dishonored nor his worship disgraced by our unbecoming and disorderly performing of it. Paul was putting back in, even if it meant dismissing members, and he he plainly blamed them again for the disorder and confusion that they had bought into the church. And then we move on to chapter 15. 
In this chapter, the apostle writes of the resurrection of the dead, establishes the certainty of our Savior's resurrection, which in verses 1 to 11, and he sets himself <clears throat> to refute those who said there is no resurrection of the dead, which is in verses 12 through 19. From our Savior's resurrection, he established the resurrection of the dead, which is in 22 through 34. And he answered objections against the truth. And he shows what a vast change will be made in the body of believers at the resurrection, which is in 35 through 50. He informs us what a change will be made in those who shall be living at the sound of the last trumpet and shall then obtain over death and the grave, which is in verses 51 to 57. And he sums up the argument with a very serious point to the Christians to be resolved and diligent in God's service, because they know they should be so greatly rewarded by him, which is in verse 58. And then we go back to verses 1 through 11, and it says, It is the apostle's business in this chapter to assert and establish the doctrine of the resurrection with some of the Corinthians faithfully denied. They really didn't believe, you know, in life after death. And in verses 35 through 80 says, are they raised up? That is, by what means? How can they be raised? What power is equal to this effect? It was an opinion that prevailed much among the heathens. All of this concerns the bodies of the dead when they rise will be so far changed that they would be fitted for the heavenly regions and that they will be a variety of glory among the bodies of the dead when they shall rise. The dead shall not only rise, but shall rise gloriously changed, that they should be fixed in the face of the gospel, that gospel which Paul had preached and they had received, namely, that Christ died for our sins. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.